0: I'm like, I'm guessing you speak German fluently. Um, uh, what year were you
1: born in 96,
0: 96. Okay. Um, uh, and so when you're and your mom, like grew, like grew up in Germany, like, Mm -hmm. uh, so my mom was
1: the first person to ever have left. Gotcha. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. Always like always, always. All
0: right. Um, so like, so to the degree that you know, During Cold War, like was she in West? Was she in West Germany?
1: Um, yes. Okay, all
0: right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, like what's super, like what's super kind of weird for me is, I was born in 1979. I'm 40. So I mean, so when I was a kid, the Cold War was in full bloom. So I only knew East and West Germany. Yeah. I don't think Mm -hmm. I really knew that it was one Germany at one point, and then you know, after World War II, like I don't, I don't know if I really knew that, but I remember when the Berlin Wall came down because like my, we watched a lot of news. So like, like my grandpa watched the news all the time. Um, And then a kid that I went to school with, I was in sixth grade. They like, his family had a trip planned to Germany anyway. So like they went, they brought pieces of the Berlin Wall back with them. Um, I actually wound up going to most of Western Europe Around that time, like 1990, with my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom used to be a travel agent, oh, nice. so we traveled a lot. So I've been to Germany once. I don't really remember that. I was 11, so I don't okay. really remember that much.
1: Yeah, I for so my family, even though like they were in West Germany, mm-hmm. they are like they're from Bavaria. Okay. Which I always liken it to like the Texas of Germany. Interesting. People aren't from america if they're from texas right they're from texas yeah absolutely and that's why they're like bavarian through and through so Mm, i feel mm -hmm. and they're also from such a remote area of germany that it takes on its even more own identity interesting Um, like my mom she speaks a dialect that's specific to like the town she's from gotcha gotcha which is even weird because her and i we speak different dialects Mm. but we can both speak the same together too interesting but like from the middle of nowhere so it's like very very isolated in there. Okay.
0: Interesting. Interesting. All right. We are here with the punk rock barbershop, black artists talking about their white influences. I am your host, Michael Roberson Reed coming to you from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, also known as Marion Anderson City. I am here with, um, so this is an interesting foray for me. I'm interviewing, My first guest, who I don't really know like previously. Um, You know, the previous guests that I've had have been personal friends of mine who I've brought into the studio. So this is a little different. Um, So, Tatiana, can you tell me? Your full name, because on your email I feel like it comes up Tatiana Taylor, and then on your card I remember there was a hyphen. Yeah. I couldn't remember what it was, and I was like, I'm gonna bring the card with me so that I don't mangle her name, but I I forgot. No, you're good. You're yeah. good. So, what is your full name?
1: So it's Tatiana Taylor Failinger. Um, okay. It, socially. We'll okay.
0: That. <laughs> okay. All right. That's all right. So it's a little interesting story there. Um. No, that's cool because so, uh, my. Technical legal name is just Michael Reed. Well, okay. David's my middle name, um, but when my wife and I got married, we decided to combine okay. our last names. We haven't legally changed our names because we don't want to do the paperwork. That's me. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, it's like I don't know if I want to even. It's like I'm no, I don't want to do it. Yeah. So yeah. So I always refer to myself as Michael Robertson Reed. Um, yeah. And people get confused because there's no hyphen because. Yeah. Naomi didn't want a hyphen. So sometimes people are like, is Robertson your middle name? So depending on how I feel, sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, it's my middle name. Or sometimes I'm like, oh, it's a hyphenated last name without the hyphen. It confuses people.
1: That's how it is with me, too. Gotcha. Because Taylor can be a middle name. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that's why I added the hyphen. But it's a social thing. I never right. got around to changing my last gotcha, name. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All
0: right. So you, you did not legally change nope. your name when you got married? No, I didn't. Okay.
1: It was, I was going to. And then the day I was going to go to um, to the Social Security office, I was like, nah, that's, nah, I'm not. I don't feel it.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's super interesting. And I've, uh, yeah, I've heard that at least for, like, guys, like, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, since traditionally, at least in America, men don't change their last names. I heard, like, it's it's way more, uh, like, paperwork for dudes. Yeah, that, that's what someone told me. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not. Even if it was super easy, I wouldn't want to change my mm-hmm. life because I'm just, I'm too lazy.
2: Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Um. So, all right, so so Tatiana is here, um, and yeah, so why don't you tell the people how we met, because we kind of have like a, yeah. a, a interesting way that we've met each other, and we've only really, this is really only like the third time yeah. that we've talked to each other, like in person, we've exchanged yes. a few emails, so I feel like in the last five minutes, we've talked more uh, <laughs> than we've talked in like the previous two times we've seen each other.
1: Yeah, so... Um... I work for a company called Camino Kombucha. My friend Nora, she started this company. And um, as kind of our soft launch, our opening, we decided to have a clothing swap. So we work in a building called Macon. And we were just wanting to meet some people who are also in the building. Yeah, That's how we met. Um, we were passing out flyers, I think. That's yeah, we yeah. were passing out flyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
0: yeah, rem- it, it was weird um, because we very... Like, no one... I don't think anyone talks to anyone in the building. Like no one comes into our office ever. Like the maintenance dudes to check the like the heat readings or whatever. So we were like, "Oh, like someone's knocking on the door." Uh yeah, so that was yeah, so that was super interesting. Um yeah, so so uh so you and I like you know, we we talked for like 3 seconds when you and Nora were handing out flyers and then we talked a little bit more uh when I actually went to the clothing swap and I had mentioned that I have this uh, you know, this podcast, and then you seemed very excited yes. uh, about it. What? Why was the podcast of interest to you?
1: Oh, okay. So, so many different levels. First off, I really love podcasts. I, I fell head over heels for podcasts. Okay. I think I stopped reading because of podcasts. Yeah, I need to happens. get back into that. Um, and then second off, um, because the different intersections you were describing is, I think right now where my headspace is in, um. It come from like a lot of different backgrounds, mm-hmm. and I think on a day to day experience, I try to say I have identity crises all day, every day.
2: Sure.
1: Um, and then just talking, I heard the word punk rock. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. that is an identity I like, mm-hmm. and I think especially um, punk rock, Afro punk, that that's like a weird thing. I feel like when you meet someone who jives with that. You can already make a four eight faster mm-hmm. than yeah. you could maybe if you related to like on sports or something like right. that.
0: Definitely. So so kind of walk us through uh, like your origin story, your background. Because you, you talked about how you have many backgrounds yeah. and uh, perhaps conflicting identities. Mm. Um, but yeah, so kind of walk us through that. So where 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 did you grow up?
1: Okay, so I was born in Colorado. I don't at all identify as being from Colorado. I, fl- I was there when I was a infant slash toddler. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So um, skip that. Um, and then I moved. My dad's in the military. He, he just retired. Um, and because of that, we lived in Washington State twice and then in Germany twice and then once in El Paso, Texas. Okay.
0: Um, did you spend more like more time in one place over the other was it like 80% Germany 20% El Paso or oh. 5% El Paso
1: Weirdly enough I think it's divided equally between Washington state and Germany um and then just like a couple years in El Paso
0: Gotcha So where where is your dad from originally He's
1: from LA he's okay. from Carson California mm-hmm. yeah
0: mm-hmm. Um and uh so he's what branch of the military was army. he? In? He was in yeah. he was in the army. Um okay, and so uh and did he meet your mom while well, like so how did he meet your mom?
1: Yeah. So um my mom, she worked for the US government in Germany and through that she was doing clerical work and that's how they met in Germany.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Do you have any brothers or sisters? no nope, just me. All right, mm, you're the only uh, child. Two cats. Two cats. Nice. <laughs> Awesome. What are your cat's names?
1: I have Harrybone and Rubio. Those are my mom's cats and okay. then my cat at home is Twiggy. So.
0: Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um all right, so uh so describe G- you know Germany. Um all right, so so your mom is straight up German yes. and you know as we were saying a little earlier, she's Bavarian.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And your dad's black. Yes. And uh like was his family from like, Californ- like California like yeah. California originally, like did he have any relatives in the South or like is he coming from the Caribbean vibe? Like like what's yeah. his you know, so what's this his background? It gets
1: even more complicated. So my grandma, she's half Native American. Okay. She's Waco. Okay. Yeah. So um my grandma's from Dallas mm-hmm. and then my grandpa's from Tennessee. So most yeah. of the Taylor family's from Tennessee. Okay. Yeah.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um so yeah, like so when you're growing up, like what like well, break it down for me like what's it like in Germany?
2: Mm.
1: Well,
0: yeah, so how old were you when you were in Germany I over was, the couple of stints?
1: Um, once it was l- like younger elementary school mm-hmm. um for about 5 years and then most recently my senior year in high school.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I mean like do, like what's that like? I mean, cuz I'm assuming you're like you're on an army base, right? With like other yeah. American kids?
1: So, um so yeah, that's what's really weird is when we um I lived on an army base when I was in elementary school, but then I went to a German school. Okay. So I did German everything, like yeah. all of the schooling was in German. Most of my friends were German, um, and then my senior year in high school, we lived off base okay. in like in a German village. Yeah. But then I went to an American school. <laughs>
2: so, wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no matter what, it was complicated.
0: Awesome. Yeah. You're you're doing like the contrarian thing, no matter what. Um. Yeah. No, yeah. That that's that's super 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 interesting um that kind of reminds me of uh i apologize to the listeners who have heard this a billion times i i talk about my i talk about myself way too much in these but you know i try to provide context so for people that have heard previous episodes and you have maybe heard yeah. me say this um yeah i mean you know so b- both my parents are black um uh, I grew up in Southern California until I was about 14. I lived in a suburb of Los Angeles and we lived in a, like, we lived essentially on the black side of town, uh, this town called Altadena. But I went to a mostly, well, no, the school was maybe like 70% white, 30% black. It was fairly integrated, um, but most of my friends were white. Uh, then we moved to Northern Virginia when I was in high school. My dad got a new job. He started working in Washington, D.C. So we moved over to the East Coast. I went to high school in Northern Virginia in a town called Reston, which at the time, the black population was maybe 5% or maybe like 9%. You know, it's mostly white. The neighboring town Herndon actually now has a very large Mexican-American population. But back then, it was like super lily white. Uh, But, you know, then I came to Philly. But, you know, for like the longest time, I was sort of felt like, am I really black, you know, or am I, am I white? And then like, even when I like would live in all black neighborhoods, I always still had like, you know, all white friends. So then I, that made me feel even more self-conscious yeah. uh, because I felt like, well, if I'm at least like living in center city where everyone's white, it's cool if I have white friends because like it makes sense. But now I'm living at like 15th and Tasker and everyone's black except for my white roommate and all my white friends so it just it 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 made me to like think about like am i sort of like magnetized to white people like is there nothing i can do to like uh, avoid this and so then i i would often sort of make jokes of to myself about like yeah like i'll like i'll probably end up one day like living in south africa and like living in like an all-white section of cape town or something because like (laughs) that's just my lot in life so all of that reminded me of that but i will try to not talk about myself so much in this because the point isn't me the point is uh, the guests that are here. So, um, so are you aware of your racial, or when do you start mm. becoming aware of your racial identity, mm. like in general, and then like specifically in, yeah, like in Germany, mm-hmm. definitely.
1: Yeah. So what's funny is my mom. She made it like her personal mission to make sure that she can get. Every, like she always wanted she said okay even though i'm white and my mom looks very white she's mm-hmm. blonde she has green eyes she said i want to make sure that you love all people equally so she really no matter what she always bought me like a diverse set of barbie dolls mm-hmm. and um i remember in germany um like beige the word for beige mm-hmm. is skin color okay so my mom she's like no 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 we're going to we're going to teach them like to say beige instead gotcha. yeah <laughs> she always tried she tried really hard yeah. um but you notice um mm-hmm. especially in germany um people who are black generally are fr- of african descent gotcha. so i i don't have the same thing in common so mm-hmm. i i don't eat the same food right. so i never really had friends who weren't white when yeah. i was in germany yeah. very rarely very rarely
0: and was that was that weird for you or was it normal? Because, you know, I mean, when kids are kids, like everything is normal to a certain degree until you go other places. Yeah. And I mean, even if it's like not healthy, like, you know, if you yeah. grew up in an abusive home, I've talked to tons of people who are like, yeah, like, you know, everyone's parents yelled at them. It wasn't yeah. until like I got to college that it's like, oh, parents don't do that.
1: Yeah. In Germany. So when I was in younger elementary school, I loved it. It was mm-hmm. so funny. Um, I think. Because Americans are inherently cool. Americans are very Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had a Ford Explorer, and all of my friends thought it was a limousine. Wow, they've okay. never yeah. seen a car that big in a country of economy cars. I, I was like, they, like I remember people. They're like, oh, you're Rihanna. I'm like, I don't look like yeah. Rihanna, yeah. Mm-hmm. but I may as well have sure, been. Sure. I, my dad pulls up in a limousine every day to school, so it was, it was kind of. At that point in time, it was cool, mm-hmm. and like all the celebrities, and of course, you get likened to like every celebrity. Yeah. If yeah, but um, when I was young, I thought it was okay. I was like, oh, this is cool. I, okay. I'm part of a hip people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And how um like and how did your to the degree that you know like like how did your dad deal with being this black man? I mean, like yeah. I feel like that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's like black person, U.S. Army, Ooh, the yeah. politics around that, maybe yeah. you know. I mean, just at least with. The narrative that's exported mm. of Germany now with like Der Spiegel and like very left yes, and like, yeah. you know, Americans get out of everywhere.
1: So what's funny is my dad, he loves to be like the contrarian. No mm-hmm. matter what. Yeah. Um, literally my dad, he is the he is conservative and mm-hmm. he loves to to be conservative. And I think that's also very military. Sure, yeah. So absolutely. So no matter what, I feel like I talk less about race with my dad interesting Than i did with my mom interesting um my dad there was only one thing i remember he's like i'm black i'm not african-american i'm not african and so that was like his kind of thing but other than that never talked about it ever.
0: interesting very 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 interesting um and like what what was your experience like just as a like living on an army base i have yeah. n- i literally uh, have no idea what that's like
1: oh so are like, you, i mean like like yeah. are you able to like
0: sneak so like I imagine uh-huh. that there's military police everywhere so I'm, yeah. I'm like oh like are you able to like get drunk on like the corner or is there like you know um, uh, like a, a tank pull up and be like you're you're 15 <laughs> like you have to go back home
1: yeah so um you gotta think just like in the time and place it was right after 9-11 mm-hmm. so before right. that army bases had been open yeah you could just walk in do whatever you want but after that there was a crackdown so like we lived behind a fence. Yeah. Um, when we drove into base, they had to put mirrors underneath your cars mm, to check yeah. for bombs. Yeah. So at the time, I remember there were strict curfews. Um, I think it was 10 o'clock. You had to be off the playgrounds. So it was, a, it was a stricter time than it was before. Um, but as for the people, um, I feel like there's this weird military culture. Even though um, people from the military are from all over the place, I feel like most people... Are from like the Carolinas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's my perception sure, of it, yeah. or I know the biggest um, like army places are there. Um, so from that, I feel like my memory is having a, almost a southern culture. Oh, base. interesting. Yeah, interesting.
0: Oh, no, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So we have like barbecues, mm-hmm. and everyone has their big cars. <laughs> and yeah. So yeah. in my mind, even though we were in Germany, the moment you drive through the base, like you already feel like you're. You could be. I don't know, you're just out barbecuing, doing your own thing. And it felt like very American, sometimes Mm -hmm. overtly American, but it was funny. It's like culture changed instantly.
0: And like how often, like how often are you leaving the base just to like go shopping? Like, like, are you Mm -hmm. going into like town to like go to the movies and stuff? Yeah, all
1: the time. Okay. Um, And was was that
0: like, is that weird? Like, so is it a thing of like it's a totally different vibe like Mm. the second you drive off the base because it's like, now it's like real Germany, not like North Carolina transplanted in Germany.
1: Somewhat. Um, So at the time, and this has changed since, um, but in the early 2000s, Germans very much welcomed Americans. So the moment you drive off base, you see German attempts at like barbecuing Mm, mm -hmm, and you see like mm -hmm. American flags. We love America. Gotcha. This has changed. Oh, yeah. This has changed a lot. Um, Uh, And
0: is that because like, you know, Bush, Trump, yes. like, yes. Americans are pigs, yes. war mongers, gotcha. Very, yeah.
1: very much so. I think after the war, you can't even, I don't even know if it's over at this point. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, I, The government doesn't know either. Yeah, you know. exactly. Where it's like after mm-hmm. most, the bulk of the war, yeah. um, German um, opinions have changed a lot. And from that, a lot of that american friendliness like all of a sudden like the we love american posters and shot fronts kind of have peeled off gotcha um, but at the time you could be in mini america in germany mm. and then like the like outskirts of it would be also little america and then once you get further away of course it becomes yeah. more germany but um there are many americans who go to germany they're like oh it's just like america interesting if you don't travel too far yeah
0: yeah gotcha gotcha um and so like what like what's the vibe like in your house? I mean like you know is your uh yeah like you know like what's the uh, the like the weekly and daily vibe sort of like
1: with my parents or yeah, yeah, I
0: mean just like you know um like you know do you guys have Sunday dinners like you know like do you uh I mean are you watching like the Simpsons every <laughs> every Sunday, you know mm-hmm. like is it a very kind of like regimented house where like your dad's like wake up at five and make your bed or you know is it like you're going to the movies and doing artsy stuff
1: yeah so both of my parents are free spirits Mm -hmm. very much so and I always joke with people it's like as if um all three of us even though we're family we all kind of have our own niche so we we eat dinner like together all the time um that's the thing my mom was really dead set on she's like we have family time we um but other than that, um, my mom has, um, she does her different projects. She does like sewing and knitting. And then my dad, he usually, um, he does his little thing. He, um, he's very much into, um, reading and politics, and he loves movies and things like that. And then I would do my thing. So, I think the unifying thing was the family dinners. But okay. all of us are such individualists. Gotcha, yeah.
0: gotcha. And are your parents still together? They are. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, is it that that's that's an interesting answer. Yeah. Is it is it sort of like um, you know, and you don't have to go there if you don't yeah, want to, but yeah. you know, is it like, oh yeah, we've we've been together for so. Are they more roommates than like husband yes. and wife? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, and I think um, the thing is they're good roommates, mm-hmm. which yeah. is I in it it works. So from yeah. that, they're good roommates. But I think again, very individualist. Um, they kind of do their own thing.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And did they um. Like, uh, did you have, like, who were their friends that came over? Was it, like, mm-hmm. other army families or?
1: Yeah, so um, my mom, she is, f- actually, so this is what this gets even more multicultural. So my mom, she used to work for American Greetings in Germany. Mm-hmm. And at the time, in the early 2000s, almost every person who worked at American Greetings at the, like, different regional branches were all Korean
0: interesting so
1: my mom was almost exclusively for a time only friends with korean women interesting. and they could bond so weirdly over cabbage they made kimchi together mm, they made mm-hmm, sauerkraut mm-hmm. together um now my dad um i'd say he's friends with a lot of black people yeah but also white people so i guess that's kind of um i don't know my dad he has friends but they come and go, okay, yeah. all right,
0: so he's he he's kind of a lone wolf to a certain he degree is. Oh, all right
1: and he he that's like he thrives on that yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, interesting, interesting, um all right, very cool, so um also so another part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you was, um well actually i I realize I have a you know some follow up questions, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just about growing up, so how like how much American popular culture are you getting in Germany? I mean, like yeah. are you, are you aware of stuff as it's happening in real time? Like, you know, whatever yeah. was like the big thing. I don't know, like the mm-hmm. OJ trial or oh yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So what's funny is my mom she always swears that there's like a six month lag in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not entirely sure if that's still true today, but at the time it was. Okay. So no matter what, um, we have um, it's called AFN, so Armed Forces Network, mm-hmm. so like our own special, Amer- like military TV channel. So we got like American MTV, and then we could br- like I tell my friends about all the cool stuff. Yeah. So I feel like no matter what, I was ahead of pop culture. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, definitely very much into American pop culture. Um I think most Germans are. Okay. Too. Yeah. Very and,
0: and then were you also getting like an equal amount of just sort of like conventional German TV, like the German version of uh, yeah. Doogie Dookie Hauser or whatever?
1: Yeah, I um I was. Um I'd say now to a lesser extent, um just Germany just takes on a lot of American things. Gotcha. Um in general, you just dub it. And okay. That's oh not. okay. <laughs> yeah. right.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um all right, awesome. So uh, another uh, something else I wanted to cover. So I feel like when we were talking at the clothing swap, you had mentioned uh, maybe that you do like woodworking or something yeah. like you know like mm-hmm. on an amateur or not yeah. amateur, but not it's not necessarily like something that you're getting yeah. paid for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like break that down for me. Like how long have you been doing that, and like what's that all about?
1: Yeah. So I do. Um. I. Uh. I do wood carving. Mm-hmm. Um. For making prints. Awesome. So, um. Oh, I've been doing that since probably middle school.
0: And so I kind of think I know when you talk about wood carving, yeah. I kind of think I know what you're talking about. But uh, as Denzel Washington <laughs> used to say in the movie Philadelphia, explain it to me like I'm a four-year-old.
1: Yeah. So usually um, I take like a bit of wood or lino cut, which is even easier, um, and then just carve away at it and then apply paint. And then it essentially makes a stamp. Okay. And then, gotcha. And you can also yeah. do it like reductively so that, Every time you carve a bit, then you add another color. Mm-hmm. So then you layer the print on top of each other, and then it ends up having several colors. Okay, and
0: yeah. what, like when did you get into that?
1: I got into that in Washington State. Um, at the time, we were doing like a unit on Japanese art, mm-hmm. um, and I loved it. Now, another thing is um, I loved it at the time, but there's also a history of that with like different propaganda posters mm-hmm. which is a weird yeah. kind of thing yeah um and i feel like um I, ke- I kept on seeing recurring motifs in like um like punk albums mm-hmm. for instance um or also different like silkscreen yeah um prints and things like that and i kind of like those stark colors kind of like an avant-garde um like a russian propaganda poster sure, sure. Yeah. which is weird but um i like that bold like red and black clash um mm, mm-hmm. and that i was really drawn to that and um i do other kinds of art as well but usually i love those bold colors and i like anything that catches your eye um is a little bit offbeat um and like i'm just so drawn to that yeah yeah
0: well, I, and something that I think is really interesting about that is like, I, I didn't really, I didn't necessarily think about that in terms of, um you know, like, you know, uh, like propaganda posters, mm-hmm. but something, and some people would say that this is propaganda, <laughs> um, th- you know, I'm just saying, um, but like, so one of the things I've like been really struck by is like on the American side, you know, like, yes. you know, the World War II poster is yeah. about like, you know, buy war bonds. Yeah. Um, you know, no hyphenated Americans, don't trust the Huns, like, you know, all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just like, like, you know, like these, you know, these very, like, they're very beautiful. They're very aesthetically appealing and they're very emotionally appealing, which is, you know, what like brings people in. Um, and then it, you know, it also reminds me of, so I think I was a freshman in college when we watched, um, the movie i think it's triumph of the will by Lenny riefenstahl mm-hmm. um i think that's the name of it do you, like do you know of the film uh, well so yeah. it's interesting so Lenny riefenstahl is this very controversial figure so uh, i think that's her name but yeah she was a, a very prominent german film director who i believe was commissioned by the ss to make this like to make this propaganda film for the nazis but it is one of the most visually beautiful films ever. Like, it's beautiful. And so I, I was a freshman at University of the Arts, and our teacher was really, you know, asking us, like, well, can you separate the artistic aesthetic mm. from the, like, what the intention is or what it's being used for? I mean, it was, it was you know, it was super crazy. Um, and then also, Lenny Riefenstahl was, she did a series of, uh, like, photo collections, of women in different parts of Africa um you know i mean and it's just like visually stunning and a lot of people just had this sort of cognitive dissonance of like she made this like propaganda film that's just like Germans you know nazis mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: you know marching and doing sig heil salutes and then you know she's like in uh, you know wherever she was on the continent it's but yeah um i yeah i, I I think that there's, you know, like there's just uh, these influences that come in everywhere. I mean, and I would even say that like a lot of the the uh, like the Marvel cinematic universe, like the posters that they use for the movies, like it it really has this like sweeping like propaganda, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, like the the images are distorted, like they're very big and prominent. And it's like these very like heroic shots. And it's yeah, I mean, it's it's you see the influence of that in
1: there. You said cognitive dissonance and that really, um, I think that's one of the things I kind of lean into. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I see it, like I was born a cognitive dissonance. People look at me and they're like, but what are you? Because mm-hmm. um, I, I look ethnically ambiguous, yeah. like a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think at this point, I just lean into that. Sure. Um, I'm very much drawn into things that make you scratch your head. Maybe not aesthetically beautiful, always. Yeah. Um, something where... At first glance, you see something. Then at second glance, you see something as well. So I think um, that I that's definitely the kind of art I'm super drawn into yeah. as well. Yeah.
0: So um, like uh, so what what is some of the different art, regardless of the genre or the medium, that mm-hmm. appeals to you? I you know I, I know you you know you've been doing some dabbling in in the world of punk rock. Yeah. You know we've had some conversations about that, but yeah, what what type of art are you into?
1: Yeah. So um. This kind of ties in both. Um, For instance, if you take the band The Fratelli's, Mm -hmm. um, their album art is very, like, of that propaganda Mm -hmm. avant-garde. And also lyrically. They have some very interesting pieces. Um, So I kind of... It also combines, like, the European influence, Mm -hmm. but then also um, just, like, very distinctly punk rock. So I kind of... I love that. I definitely love... um, Another thing, which is weird, I recently had a conversation with someone, um, and I don't know why this. I don't. Even, you can't even call this a genre per se, but this is a type of art. I'm not art, but yeah, I guess it's a genre. But I've gotten a lot into music, specifically punk rock, about um, the Irish like struggles, mm, and, interesting. which is yeah. really like. What, what do you
0: think the appeal is of that? I
1: don't know. I've been thinking about that. Um, there's – I have, like, just thinking back, um, I, I think I specifically have, a like, a playlist where I'm like, oh, yeah, do I need to listen to, like – like Bloody Sunday mm-hmm. and like zombie and mm-hmm. just like, where it's like, why do weird? I think maybe it's the resistance mm-hmm. kind of piece yeah. that it just. I'm really drawn to that. Yeah, and I I'm not sure. I'm not Irish. I don't know For anyone sure. who's Irish. But that's a weird thing. And my dad raised me on that. Yeah, which is really weird. I remember my dad on road trips. He's like, let me tell you a bit about like Irish terrorism. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know. We kind of bonded about that in some yeah. weird way.
0: Yeah. No. Um. So. Well, part of the reason why I'm I'm asking is there there is a period and I'm I'm still like this a bit now not so much but yeah I mean I was very fascinated by the troubles you know just I mean the state yeah. of Northern Ireland the republic um and and to a a kind of like a uh, larger degree the whole united kingdom particularly yeah. how Wales Scotland and Northern Ireland intersect with England yeah. and I realized that for me part of it was this idea of like, okay, well, like they, for the most part, they seem to have some type of negotiated settlement. Like, you know, they have some type of coexistence that is peaceful to the to, to the degree of there's not armed conflict that's happening. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, but even like a couple of months ago, I went down like a very deep sort of internet vortex of like reading about like the different factions in Ireland, like the Ulster Nationalists yeah. and the Unionists and the Loyalists. Um, because, you know, I, you know, I'm someone who feels like i love living in the united states um you know i consider i am a proud american and i know what that means for me i'm i don't really concern myself of what does being an american mean to donald trump or yeah. some like xenophobic person i i no, but like i you know i've been my family's been in america for hundreds of years we helped build this motherfucker yeah i'm not going anywhere it's like no nah, like my family put too much into this like if you don't like me, you go somewhere else. That's kind of the way I feel. Um, you know, I mean, but you know, America is what it is, and there are different things. And so, one of the things I've always sort of tried to figure out is like, okay, how how do I live in harmony mm. with this country? Because I personally think that uh, your life is going to be a bit uh, chaotic and unhappy if you're not in harmony with your environment. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've I've looked at scotland and northern ireland of like okay well like how have you made peace with the british crown
1: so that's
0: been like you know the appeal for me i don't you know maybe that's part of what it is for you i don't know yeah
1: the way you've explained it i think that makes sense it's kind of clicking to me right now because um my dad would always tell me about i remember on road trips that was his favorite like pet topic Mm, which is weird yeah um but sometimes i wonder if that maybe that's like a proxy for him trying to describe his role Mm -hmm. um yeah and maybe it's more comfortable topic since it's removed um yeah but there's so much um so much music that came out of that alone which um excellent and insightful that Mm -hmm. has yeah that has really like it, it has sat with, like, I've been sitting with that for a long time, um, and I definitely like to, like, convert that into art. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So talk a bit about how you convert that into art. Before you answer that question, um, you know, because th- this is all one take, so there's no editing, while you're giving that answer, I'm actually going to get up out of my seat, get the computer cord out of my bag, plug it into the battery doesn't run out so yeah so yeah so how do you convert all of that into Mm -hmm. your
1: art um so a method I like to use is I do um either through woodblock carving I, I try to pair different colors that have um a lot that convey meaning for instance um stark blacks and stark reds have historically been used um to show like conflict and strife but another thing I like to do is um it's a method of like um pen work called cross hatching Mm-hmm. Um, so, the only reason
0: I know what yeah. cross hatching is is uh, that episode of The Office when yes. Jim <laughs> um, help Pam out when he pretended he was on jury duty and then they brought in the fakie pictures they like tried to pretend that yep. CC and they're like oh look at the cross hatching so, yeah and yeah.
1: The, um, I like cross hatching mostly I'm always no matter what I do I'm always drawn back to that style um, it's in a lot of like older German work mm-hmm. so maybe I've seen that a lot in books um, but I also think just the method itself. Um, I'm heavy handed. So when I get a, um, draw just like with pen and paper, I naturally just leave the pen on there longer. And I feel like that creates a really stark contrast. Um, so when thinking about like struggles and, um, and birthing something anew, like for instance, um, as you see, like with, um, conflict, like, um, within a country and something like that, it, it isn't subtle, it isn't pastel, it is very, um, bold, it is very, um, even cross-hatching the method itself, it's kind of like stabbing a paper a Mm, little mm -hmm, bit, it's thousand mm -hmm. little cuts, and I think, um, that describes, I think, the history of a lot of peoples, is a thousand little cuts that turn into something bigger.
0: Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's, that's very powerful, and, um, and I, like, I know, for me, um... Particularly, you know, the experience that I've just had as a human being and as a black person in this country, it, it's, you know, it's it really is like a thousand little cuts because, um, you know, for me coming from a, a relatively privileged economic background. Mm-hmm. I'm not having people burn crosses on yeah. my lawns or being like, you can't come in here. Like, but it's just, you know, I'm sure you've had a fair amount of this, like the subtle you don't really sound like a black person yeah. or your dad's not in jail like you know exactly. things like yeah. that yeah um so like so do you consider do you consider your art political like you know I'm saying that in air quotes mm, whatever that means
1: it, yeah it, i'm I always think it's subtle, but when people look at it they're like, oh sure. this is quite political mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think um, perhaps my passion is a little um on the nose so it, it lacks subtlety perhaps um uh, but it is more political yeah okay
0: do you have so uh give me like a like a top five list of favorite artists Ooh. of all time yeah favorite or most Ooh. influential actually let's let's say favorite like you know across genres who are who are your oh. top five artists
1: oh that's really hard um okay so because we're in pennsylvania I have to say Andy Warhol. Okay, respect. Um, yeah. Absolutely, hands down. Um, okay. So,
0: so, sidebar, because <laughs> I, one, I don't really know that much about visual art. Yeah. So, yeah. like, is it good? Is it bad? Like, you know, when I look at Jackson mm-hmm. Pollock, I'm like, mm, okay, I don't know. I guess yeah. whatever. Uh, is how much of Warhol is the the work, and how much is the personality?
1: Ooh. I think you can't separate those. Sure. Um, okay.
0: Fair enough. I,
1: yeah. You can't separate those. I think he is. Um, I think Andy Warhol as a person is the thing that also makes it. Um, yeah. You, uh, <laughs> because I I don't think anyone else can like display a Campbell's soup can. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cute. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. So as a person, very strange person. Um, boy, I think. Yeah, sorry, I can continue on my no, list. No, okay, all right. So, <laughs> yeah. w- so Warhol um, is one. Okay, oh, definitely. Um, okay. Now this is a weird one, and I'm I'm switching visual art genres here like sure. a lot. Um, I love Leonid Avromov.
0: Okay, really is that weird. a man yeah. or a woman or non-binary? Perhaps you know. Um, I'm le- I'm I'm learning more about gender fluidity. I had a I hour ass- and a half call about it.
1: Yeah, I assume uh, said person refers to themselves as in mail. Okay. That's my sure. guess. Okay. Um, now that is very, um, so it's visual art, very, very bright colors, mm-hmm. um, paints with a lot with a um, palette knife, Okay. which I find an interesting technique because you just cake on the paint like no one's business. It looks like stucco when yeah. it's on there. Um, now I'm going to switch into music genres. Sure. <laughs> um, so... Okay, oh, this is so hard. Um, Just a personal... See, it's hard to say what, like, on a personal level versus... I think I'm going to have... Yeah,
0: just go to, with your gut.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to go with my gut here. I'm going to have to say... um, And this is such a cliche. Everyone does this. But perhaps it speaks for their greatness. But I love the Beatles a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot. And yeah. it, the fact they show up on every list, mm-hmm. they're great. Absolutely. Um, Again, I love, like, very much to the 60, 60s influence at a sixties themed wedding. So um, awesome. Um, how many am I listing? I uh, so
0: that's three. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, g- like, give me two more. Two more. And you know, and and I would say, um, you know, for you know, like for this uh topic, you know, for like this part, you know. Don't necessarily limit it to white artistic influences yeah, for this okay. list. I mean, if the top five happen to be white, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Because like, I, like I would say that probably like you know the band Bad Brains is, or the the this bass shit. player from Bad Brains, Daryl Jennifer, is one of the biggest influences mm. on my life. So yeah. So so what what are two more artistic okay. influences?
1: Hands down, Gerard Way. Um, who, I have no idea. My Chemical is. Romance lead singer. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, So what's interesting is he both did, um, he was both a singer and did comic book work. Interesting. Which is very Very cool. Yeah. And um, from the area too, Mm -hmm. um, very, again, you'll look at his comic book work. It's all black and red, very stark colors. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm very much drawn into that. Um, he most recently, some of his comic books got turned into a TV show called The Umbrella Academy. Oh, okay, yeah, I've yeah. heard. Yeah,
0: it's on uh, like Netflix. Yeah, or something. it is. Okay, yeah, oh that's, okay,
2: that's cool. From him. Yeah, from. Oh, awesome. Yeah,
1: awesome. um, and then so now I'm on my fifth. Yeah, yeah. this would be your fifth. Oh, I gotta give it to a good person. Let me think. Um, let me think. So, just on a personal level what has like really really stuck with me through the ages no matter what is led zeppelin mm-hmm. um and i think that's from both of my parents like Interesting. they have yeah. um i i love shrill tones and i think sometimes yeah. i just got to belt out one yeah, of those yeah. <laughs> um yeah those are my greats it's a weird list but yeah those those have stuck with me for for yeah time and time again
0: yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. And um uh, so is your dad mostly like a classic rock dude? Like is that like mm. the like what he listens to or does he kind of listen to everything? Like what's his so, musical preference?
1: originally super hardcore ska, uh, not okay. hardcore, but awesome. ska. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um very much so um he, he's just a mod guy through and okay. through. Um yeah, he just loves a good fedora and some like nice <laughs> yeah, yeah he's always like sharp Very um, cool. but um and but he is very much uh, yeah he loves classic rock so okay um as my mom won't admit it but she does too so okay. Okay. <laughs> she's tried to tone down nah mm-hmm. it's in there
0: <laughs> uh so like d- does she sort of act like she likes uh something more sophisticated like jazz or opera or exactly okay. yeah she
1: yeah. yeah she's like oh classical music but eh, it's okay awesome (laughs) yeah see
0: i've i've usually um yeah i've usually found that like people uh uh yeah like i remember in art school like a lot of people were like dude i love jazz and it's like you don't really but like you're in art school so you think you're supposed to
2: exactly uh yeah
0: i was kind of that way for a bit um only for a little bit in college. I actually grew up hating jazz because jazz is all that my dad listens to. Mm-hmm. So I just uh, like, and my dad is great. I love him. Like he's the most loving person ever. But I just, I just associate jazz with old people yeah. and like him telling me to clean my room. So when I got to college and I met music, like jazz musicians who genuinely loved it, I was like, you, you listen to this, like. Yeah. <laughs> And and they would be like, "Oh, wasn't it amazing having a dad that would play John Coltrane every day?" I'm like, "No, be- <laughs> like there's no words. Like I wanted to like listen yes. to yes. Tears yeah. for Fears and they might be Giants uh, and yes. you know, like Public Enemy. Like yes. I wanted m- um. words, like music with words, not yep. like but, you know, <laughs> side note. Um okay, so uh would you dream of dreams like would you ever want to like do your any type of art professionally or, or do you love keeping it sort of in the basement metaphorically?
1: It's funny. Um, I never wanted to be an artist. Okay. Never wanted to be like, um, I, I have career like anxieties all day long where I'm like, Oh, I want to do this today. Or I want to do that. Artist never comes up. But, um, when I'm stressed, I pick up a pen and paper and that's what I do. Um, my parents really wanted me to go to art school. they, in the, my parents are like the opposite. I was like, maybe I'll be a doctor or a lawyer. Right, yeah, they're like, yeah. can you study art instead?
0: Man, yeah, <laughs> I, millions of kids would dream for that.
1: I, I know. My parents, yeah, they're free spirits. They're like, oh, you should do something. You know, just do whatever you want, wherever your heart takes you. Um, I want myself to be a scientist, like so bad, but I, I'm not there. Um,
0: Why do you think? I mean, so yeah. I, I mean, like that's cool, and I'm I'm a firm mm-hmm. believer of like do whatever makes yeah. you happy. My dad straight up loved working with numbers, so my dad was in corporate finance his whole life. Loves it, loves it, loves it. Uh, like, like what? What is it about science that's like that's super interesting?
1: I don't know if maybe it's like the zeitgeist or something where it's like women in STEM mm-hmm. and um, it seems empowering. It seems like um, it has the financial stability, which sounds sure. great. It seems empowering, just knowing things and maybe also just the. Um, breaking into a man's world mm-hmm. and that sounds great, and I love disrupting. But at the same time, you got to go where your talents lie. Right, and I'm a realist. Yeah. So, yeah, Um, so no, I don't think I'll ever take my art very much further than where it is now. Um, but then again, I never know. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. Uh, something else I was wondering: um, Do you have? Are there? Uh, do you have a top five top five list of Music album covers ooh. that you think like, oh yeah, like that's that's a good mm. album cover.
1: Okay, so yes, ooh, top five. Okay, so going back to Gerard Way's, mm-hmm. um, it, it's funny because I know the albums by their cover art and okay. not by their name. Interesting. So that's gotcha, why that's gotcha, difficult because yeah. I'm yeah. thinking, what are the names? So um from My Chemical Romance, I'm drawing a blank on the album's name, but the cover art um it shows um a bit from i think it's from one of his comics um it it is their most famous album um two people on the cover i can't think of the name of it okay so but, there's
0: two people on the cover it's a chemo my yes. my chemical romance okay oh yeah i f- i feel like if you just want to describe there we go. yeah them, I can describe yeah that, them. that'll yeah. work
1: um so i'm i'll go based off of my favorite um artists mm-hmm. and then um so Andy Warhol's art for Velvet Underground, mm, mm-hmm. famous, um, famous, the banana one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, everyone, yeah, yeah. That, um, I mean that's it's it's humorous, I mm-hmm. think, um, which is funny for a very dark album.
0: Uh, yeah, I've I've n- I listened to one Velvet Under. Yeah. I've listened to like five Velvet. I could never get into them. It's just yeah, it's not my thing.
1: It, it's very dark and a very dreamlike state mm-hmm, kind of thing mm-hmm. it's, it's an acid trip to listen yeah, to trip, yeah hands down um oh okay um i would say uh the cover this is one i know um i love revolver mm-hmm, yeah um it's it's haunting it's yeah very i don't know that one it creeps me out um then i would probably also say again i don't know the name of the um album but um it's the fratellis where they have a uh, woman screaming in a bullhorn that is the interesting on it. yeah interesting um and then last one now this is um i like it for how concise it is mm-hmm. um uh arctic monkeys am it just shows an am wave and i think mm. it is Arctic monkeys AM and oh, I think yeah. I love how it's concise. It also just seeing an like an AM wave. It's yeah. kind of weird and creepy and ominous. I don't know. It it appeals to me.
0: Very cool. Okay. Alright. Yeah. I I know I clearly know Revolver because I love the Beatles. Yeah. Um, I've maybe seen the Arctic Monkeys one I have two of their albums. I have Suck It and See and then I have the one. Uh, I've it's got it's got their popular songs on it. It's got. It's
1: probably uh, that the
0: one I was talking about. Yeah. Uh. So the the album the one album I know it's like it's just like a dude's face and oh. the song um oh, a certain romance is yes. on there. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two I have. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I've only heard "My Chemical Romance" on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And "Velvet Underground." I was like, i nah, I don't. This is too much <laughs> for me. Um. I am proud to say that I I know I th- yeah I think he designed the cover for Revolver I think it was Klaus Vormann he was like a German dude yeah because yeah. like they knew him from the Hamburg days so so that that's that's my yep. one bit of yep. uh, like you know German art that I know I I don't know that much about Germany sadly um, you know can't learn everything yeah. so but yeah I I know of Klaus Vormann so um so. Walk me through how you've, what you've been, like, doing in the punk world. Like, you know, I've we talked a little bit about, like, <laughs> you, you've been going to some shows, you know. So, like, yeah. How did you, well, like, what what was the music you, that you were listening to as a kid? So, like, when you were seven, like, okay. what, what were you getting down to?
1: Oh, I remember, and this isn't punk at all. Um, when I was seven, I was obsessed with Stan by Eminem interesting <laughs> interesting. horrifying um i remember being... yeah that's like kind of like yeah. that's
0: like i if if i was just like a friend of your parents and i went to your oh, house yeah. and you were like bumping that in your ste- like on your stereo yep. i'd be like yeah like do we need to talk like yep. that's it yeah that's it's a cause for concern it, right?
1: it's so funny i remember being in preschool and just like singing it to myself don't i didn't understand a yeah. single thing of sure. it um I remember being obsessed with the song, maybe because it was so sad. Yeah. I intuitively knew ooh, something was happening.
0: And the like the hook is beautiful. I mean, <laughs> and like the, the the music is very evocative.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, um so yeah, that was um so I I think younger it was more um so my dad's also really much into like rap music, just like um I also just like LA just gangster rap. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. so a bit of that, but um I mean my parents, they definitely um, got me, like, we're talking um, Motley Crue, mm-hmm. Electric Light Orchestra. My parents went to a concert really early on. I think that was one of their first days. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I love it. Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. um, my dad saw them, and Run DMC in concert together. Awesome. Yeah, I remember you oh mentioning that when we were talking about yeah. uh, yeah, the it, clothing like, swap. One of the best things, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, my dad definitely also like run DMC for sure mm-hmm. all the time. So a, a weird like mix of both. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So uh, was your dad in or is he into the band Fishbone? Like, do you yes. know a Fishbone? Yeah. Because yeah, I I, of course. I feel like yep. that's like right. Yes. I mean, like it's yep. Southern California, yeah. ska based, like black yep. ska sort of contrarians yeah. with like you know yep. they got funk, they got rock, and I and I know like back in the day they they actually. Did some tours with the Chili Peppers, yep. you know, since they're all kind of the same age. All right,
1: for sure. Yeah. Super,
0: super interesting. Okay. All right. So, 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 "Stan" by Eminem. That was that was your song <laughs> when you were a little kid. For a kid. Yeah. For That's sure. funny. Uh, what also is funny about that is that I was like 21 years old when that <laughs> song came out. So you know, just interesting. Um. All right, and then as you start getting into like. You know, when you're like ten, twelve, mm-hmm. what are you? What are you listening to then? Is it uh, Backstreet Boys oh, or um,
1: this is Natalie
0: so, Brulia, I don't know.
1: This is, this is why I didn't have friends in that age. It's I. My mom bought me a '70s, um, like the greatest hits of the '70s CD at awesome. a dollar store. And I would not like go. I'm pretty yeah. sure I played like American Pie like awesome. Awesome. eighty times yeah, on yeah. loop. Um, I literally only listened to seventies music for like the better half of middle school. Nothing wrong I, with that. I had like a hardcore ABBA phase. <laughs> nice. Um, I also I had a um, uh, what's it called a karaoke machine that played nineties music. Awesome. So I I was singing like. We're talking like R.E.M. Mm-hmm. And like um, Seal. Yeah. So, which again is weird for like a 12-year-old to like sing Kiss for a Rose mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. by himself.
2: Yeah. 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 Whereas
1: like, no, I, I was never into what actual, the, I think the only like popular thing I was into at that, like in that age bracket was Lady Gaga. Okay. Um, and okay. I think because I was like, oh, I see she has like that Mm avant-garde thing Mm -hmm. which I guess kind of jives with like that like weird Andy Warhol art is the artist kind of thing um that was the thing I yeah but other than that I was really out there (laughs) I could not relate to people
0: awesome awesome now I yeah I feel like we're uh we're with this we're we're in the same we're in the same boat because really since um uh, probably since I was definitely in high school is when I started listening to classic rock heavily. Like as a little kid, I was into whatever was on MTV. So Madonna, Tears for Fears, like yeah. I liked all of that. Around fifth and sixth grade, um, the influence of one of my brothers really like came into my life. So I listened to whatever he listened to. Mm-hmm. So, um, so like all of the rap and R&B that was popular, Boogie Down Productions, Public yeah. Enemy, Stetsasonic. sonic Um, and then, uh, middle school, I got into, they might be giants and that's all I listened to for three years. But then in high school, it was all classic rock. And then in college it was classic rock. And even now, if I listen to contemporary bands, I like for a band to have like five years worth of music. Mm. So that they've, like, passed the smell test for me. So then I can, like, oh. look back at their catalog. I wish
1: I did that. I feel like yeah. my heart would be broken less. It, it, yeah. It's the and sophomore slump that mm-hmm. gets me.
0: Absolutely. And that and part of the reason why I, uh, you know, and I was doing all of this unconsciously and I didn't realize it. But as I looked back, so 2001, I remember when the Strokes got really big. And um my, my roommate yeah. at the time, he was super into the Strokes. And, you know, and, like, that album was it was so groundbreaking because it was you know we were coming out of like the new metal and mm-hmm. like slipknot and yep. all of that which like that's just not my thing so to see you know like you know these like young indie dudes in brooklyn and like you know uh you know their first album amazing and then the rest of them not so yes. much and it was and it's kind of weird how like they've become this weird sort of footnote mm. that everyone forgets and it's like TV on the radio black keys white stripes yeah. everyone like you know loves them and The Strokes, it's like, oh, yeah, they did have that one really good album. So I, I was sort of like, I've been burned. It will not happen again.
1: It's so funny that you say that. I feel the exact same way. Because you were talking about five years. It's like, hmm, The Strokes. It yeah. came to mind instantly. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. <gasps> yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I remember being, like, so excited when, like, they were on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, uh, you know, saw the. I think I saw them in concert a couple of times. Like, they were. I, yeah, I have yeah. no idea what happened. I had the no same
1: thing with Foster the People.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's super interesting because, I mean, yeah, I kind of forgot about them because I only know, like, the oh, yeah. three songs that everyone, yeah, yeah I, you yeah, know, no, Pumped Up no. Kicks and uh, Color on the Walls. Yeah, yeah their love...
1: second album was really interesting. Um, their entire album is just beautiful. It's, mm-hmm. it's an experience. Like, you have to listen to it in order, yeah. like, look, staring heavily at the cover art. Actually, I'd like to put that one on my favorite okay. cover Okay, all right, too. respect, respect. Um, but then you get... The last time, no. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh,
0: do, you listen, do you listen to Wilco? No, not too much. Okay, uh, I don't either, but I've never really gotten why people like their music. Like, And I yeah. I honestly, again, it's like Jackson Pollock where it's like, I guess yeah. I guess it is. Like, I don't know. Um, I mean, Jeff T- Tweedy seems like a cool dude. I'm, I want to read, you know, he just published a book, you know, like his memoirs. So, like, I want to read it because I'm like, oh, that's, it seems interesting. But the music, I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. I do Yes, and 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 no one really has been able to explain to me why they like Wilco. You know, like Beatles yeah. fans can explain why they like the Beatles. People that straight up love, like my dad, can tell you why he loves Coltrane, Ornette mm-hmm. Coleman, Miles Davis, Sonny Rollins. But like Wilco, fan, if Wilco fans, if you're <laughs> out there and you can explain why you like them. Let me know.
1: That should be your next guest. It's like that, a hardcore Wilco yes, fan. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: If there are any black Wilco fans out there, and not you, Sigmund Washington, because you, know, you you tried to trick me. <laughs> Sigmund's a very good friend of mine. So, Sigmund, you cannot come on to talk about Wilco, but anyone else, black people, if you're listening and you love Wilco, hit me up, MikeReed79 at gmail.com. Talk to me about that. Um, okay, um, so something that I'm like, I'm wondering, oh, actually let's, let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's sort of finish with, um, you know, cause I'm just, I always love to know what music people yeah. are listening to. All right. So, so, so you were into Stan, so you were into Eminem, <laughs> um, and then you were into Gaga for a bit and seventies music, yeah. which I'm totally jealous of because I remember, <laughs> being, like, 15 and seeing the, like, the CD advertised on TV, like, hits of the 70s, and you know, it was, like, oh Elton John and yeah. ABBA and Donna Summer and Dionne Warwick, and I was like, yes, like, but, yeah. you know, I had no money in high school because I was too lazy to get a job, <laughs> um, so that never happened. Uh, all right, so then, yeah,
2: well,
0: when you're, like, in college and then 20s, yeah. which I guess is kind of now, yeah. you know, you're in your early 20s, um, yeah, so, like... Yeah, what were you listening to in college, and what are you listening to now?
1: Well, I think in traditional, like, uh, sense, um, disco must die. It came Mm -hmm. to an abrupt halt for me. Um, And then my friends in high school were and still are very much emo and very much in, like, emo screamo scene. Um, So that hit hard. So what's the
0: difference (laughs) between emo and screamo? I I only dabbled, dipped my toe in the emo waters.
1: Yeah, so, uh, I mean... People who are really into they'll people will correct me, but um, essentially screamo is like the the core version. So like if you have metal and then you have metal core, it means gotcha. screaming. Mm-hmm. And okay, essentially emo is like it, you could call it emo core. It's just like screaming, <laughs> atonal screaming. <laughs> awesome,
0: that's genius.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, I really got into that. Um, I what I like about um, I like bands that are kind of also cheeky in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, um, escape the fate where the lead singer now is in falling in reverse. Um, their lyrics are just, they're horrible. I'll be honest. They are politically incorrect gotcha. as can be. Yeah. Um, but they're funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, I saw them in concert. I saw escape the, F- uh, no, no falling in reverse in concert last summer and they are just high octane fun. Gotcha. Um, so it, not Like, I can't advertise, like, I can't say this is a good person. The lead singer is yeah. obviously sure, not a sure. good person. Yeah. Um, it's just fun, um, which is weird because emo is inherently just supposed to be sad and mm-hmm, dark. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, this melancholy that pokes fun at itself. Yeah. And at that point, um, I think it's maybe, um, if it's not bad enough to cry, then you start to laugh. And it's yeah. kind of that kind of feel to it. Um, so... High school definitely, um, and into now probably. Um, so I already said, skip the fate falling in reverse. Um, I'm gonna throw Panic at the Disco in there. Even okay. Though you can. I don't know what their genre is. Yeah, I, be, I never know what to. It's like baroque yeah. punk. Is that even a thing? I don't. It know. is now. It, it is yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then of course you got to put the trifecta in there. So then you have like my Chemical Romance. You got Fall Out Boy. Um. I'm trying to think. Um. Uh, We Came as Romans is a weird one. Um, How about... Let's go with... um, Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, mm, I'm seeing the cover art in my head. Um, I would definitely also say um, Sleeping with Sirens. And yeah, definitely Sleeping with Sirens. And what is there? The other band. Well, yeah. Anyways. So a lot of... um, I mean, those are like pop punk. So at that point... like. True punk fans are probably rolling like in their graves right now. <laughs> yeah, <pretty> maybe, bad. <laughs> maybe. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I I only dabbled in in the the punk waters, you know. Um, and some of them take themselves way too seriously. Yeah. Uh, I've also learned because um, I mean, like I I didn't really I didn't listen to punk until I was in my mid twenties. I listen to some punk and I listen to some hardcore, but yeah. even if you take the Ramones, I mean like it, they kind of just do like buddy Holly esque songs yes. sped up yeah. a little bit. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's very like sing songy, yeah. which I was surprised by. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like it, it was definitely uh, different from like black flag or something yes. where it's just like pure, you know, testosterone. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I, you know, what, 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 you know, what is punk, you know, is it a vibe more than a, you know, a, like a sound? Yeah, it's yeah. true.
1: There's also always like, I, I like hardcore things. That's not even a word, but, um, it's just also, there's a point where I'm like, well, I don't know, just being female, <laughs> being mm-hmm. a minority. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much I can subscribe to the lifestyle, the culture, uh, and this is when we first talked um, uh, at the clothing swap. I, I I straight up don't feel comfortable going to some weird underground punk concerts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's um, I would love to be really involved in the Philly punk scene. Yeah. if I knew someone to get right. me into it. Yeah, um, if um, if I knew it would be safe. And so from that, of course, I'm going to stray closer to the pop than to the actual like underground punk.
0: Yeah, no, most definitely. And, like, I know for me, uh, anytime I just see super angry white dudes, yeah. regardless of what, like, they, they could be screaming about something that I completely, like, believe mm-hmm. in. But it's yep. like, e- yep. yeah, my, you know, this, this is, ev- you know, this is evolution evolutionary traits wired in. Like, if you, yes. if, you know... Certain things just send, like, you know, the fear signals to your brain. So, a white dude yelling with his shirt off, nope. eh, it nope. doesn't make me comfortable at all.
1: Okay. At all. In El Paso, I went to a concert. I was with my parents, too. And it, it got kind of crazy. It was, um, I think it was Sick Puppy was playing. And, like, once you get peed on by some random stranger and mm. you're in 100 degree weather yeah. and you start getting weird, like, rashes, I was like, that's it. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That's. That like that happened? Oh yeah. yeah I mean, you yeah. Know, I I don't mean to sound like I'm questioning you. I I, it's, it's, I know that it it's happened. Like, I'm but, out. Like, it's that's one of the I've heard some crazy shit yeah. in my life. That's super crazy. Wow. Um. So yeah. So so uh something that I like I definitely did want to talk to you about is, um. So one I'm just like I'm curious how you personally self identify mm. yourself you know and and to be like very blunt about it, like so like yeah. like how do you self identify racially culturally mm. like you know whatever that means to you
1: Yeah so what's funny is um it, it's gotten to the point um usually as I've mentioned before, I'm super ethnically ambiguous. I, I go to parties and mm-hmm. I introduce myself and then like the second question I usually ask people is like, take a guess. What race am I? Right. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Because at this point, I'm yeah. just like, okay, just take a guess. And mm-hmm. I've gotten some cool guesses where yeah. I'm like, ooh, Aleutian. That sounds nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, nope. Um, so I think what's weird is as I've, um, in younger years, I wouldn't identify racially at all. I I'd okay. identify as like, Nerd, that would be like a thing. Um, a handle I use for like almost everything is Germanican Nerdette, where I'm like, Well, I'm German American and I'm a nerd, Mm -hmm. and sure, I feel like sometimes I kind of use that as a cover to like not have to talk about Mm -hmm. it. But now that I'm older, I realize, um, maybe I just listen to a lot of NPR, which is probably true. Um, I realize, oh no, actually, I'm more than just my collection of like fandoms or, Mm -hmm. um. So, I'm growing more into, I I guess, like, a term I've used, like, my whole life is being mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm growing more into that, um, which is weird because I I feel like the people I hang out with, they're all nerds. mm mm-hmm. um, And, by default, most of them white. Um, sure, yeah. And, that, that's just a culture, just, I guess, it's the spaces I'm in, like, military and then, like, college. Um, so... I think I'm just getting, I'm in my 20s, so I'm getting more comfortable mm-hmm. with actually not hiding behind just being a nerd. Right. Because I realized, well, nerd actually already comes with a lot of its own cultural baggage. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, in the fact that I'm identifying as being nerdy means I might already identify as something you can get. Um. You say, oh yeah, then you're anime loving and like super intelligent. Well, now you're already ascribing like things that might have, like, privilege to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there.
0: Do you feel comfortable if people refer to you as black?
1: It's funny. I feel like I don't deserve it. I feel like it's a title. Um, I've been told so much, like, throughout my life where it's like, well, you're not black enough. So I feel like um, I, I definitely don't feel worthy of being called black, but I know I'm not worthy of being called white. So so
0: what, what do you mean by that?
1: I feel like um, and this is the thing where it gets hairy because um, you don't want to go into like plight of the mulatto. That's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. such a horrible thing because um, no matter what I know just by colorism, I'm already better off because I can present as whatever the heck yeah, I want.
0: there is light skin privilege yes, is a real thing. For sure.
1: Yeah. Um. So because I, I I have to acknowledge that. Um, But at the same time, I feel like if I identify as like black, then now I feel like where I'm like, oh, well, I feel like there is so much like black girl magic and black girl power. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to be black girl magical. But at the same time, I'm like, but am I taking it away from someone else? So because of that, I feel like I've always identified as like other Mm -hmm. Um, question mark more than I've identified with anything else.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, no, I I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so, so, uh, and, you know, this isn't necessarily like the, like the reason why I put this podcast together, but because the conversation is going there, you know, like, so I will say this, I, I understand that because I've, I have felt the, the like the same way, you know, to a certain degree. Well, so something I would say is that, um, You know, uh, like, I don't think that, um, I think that too many people sort of view cultural identity as this zero-sum game. Mm -hmm. So, like, your blackness comes at the expense of other people's blackness. And something that I have found is that the concept of, like, a happy black person is very unsettling to a lot of people. And at least in my life, as I've thought back on people saying, you, sam- you sound white or you seem white or da-da-da, I think a lot of it actually has to do more with, you know, and this is just what I feel. I think a lot of it has to do more with having an optimistic disposition mm-hmm. than like the language that I use or the word choice because yes. I've, I've known tons of black folk from what people would consider typically or stereotypically or whatever mm-hmm. black neighborhoods who speak in the way that I do, who wear suits and ties, who like, you know, like anime. But so it's like, well, how come they don't get, put the tag of like, you're acting white? And I, I yeah. think a lot of it is just sort of like sensibility, um, a relation to white society, a relation mm-hmm. to America. And I think that a lot of people sort of view blackness as synonymous with like, you you make white people uncomfortable, or you're in opposition to American yeah. hegemony. So it's like, yeah. all right, well, I mean, that's your definition. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. That's not my thing. Yeah. Um. But the uh, the other thing I would say is that, you know, like I I feel you on the like feeling worthy of being black because I think that that does, at least for me, that um that phrase really puts blackness in a very overtly positive light of like it's Mm -hmm. it's this honor to live up to yes which i think um has the potential to be very powerful because so often so many people really view black as a negative even people who like black people who are very pro-black like a lot of times blackness is associated with struggle deprivation how shitty has have white people treated you? How shitty have Asian people treated you? And it's like, again, it's like, uh, that's not, ins- like, a lot of it isn't untrue. It's not the whole truth, and it's not inspiring.
2: Yeah.
0: And, like, you know, my son is black, and, I mean, white people fawn over him because he's a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't want him to think, like, your, your blackness comes to the degree of, like, how much crap you've had to deal with. Yeah. I, because I think a lot of people end up feeling self-conscious and sort of feel like ah oh, well my life has am i really that black like you know uh, you know my family can afford to buy me a new car for my birthday so yeah i mean so i so i would just say ultimately what feels best for you and what feels most empowering um because at least for me when when i've taken that um when I've lived in the philosophy of, oh, I don't know if I'm worthy of this thing called blackness, which is a loose, you know, amorphous, mutating thing. I mean, like, there's no true... You can't quantify blackness. Yeah. You can't. Um, and and it, it is a constructed concept. As, like, anything whiteness is a constructed concept, you know. Um, one, I try to think of my blackness not really... Just in relation to just like who I am as a person and not in relation to white society, because I don't think that's helpful for me. But uh, ultimately, what I'm trying to say is I don't necessarily, uh, yeah, I think that cho- choosing the narrative that's most empowering for you mm-hmm. and that makes you feel better is the way to go. Um, now, I do think that if there is a certain amount of like, you know, support and solidarity for black people or African people, you know, worldwide and, you know, and making sure that, you know, you're in solidarity and celebration with people. Like I definitely understand that and that can take many forms, you know? I mean, I personally think that this podcast is, you know, like, you know, that this is how I celebrate black people, you know? And for me, the phrase black lives matter, like I think of that, you know, when I think of black lives, it's like, I think about, it all the time. So I think about it with my son. I think about it with my neighbors. I think about it with my parents. I just think about it and, you know, just, you know, you know, smiling at people on the street, you know, especially older black people, like, you know, just, you know, um, so just something to Mm -hmm. think about. Um, All right. So, you know, we, we only have a, a well, and I want to thank you for, I mean, that, that's a very candid, honest answer. Um, And I do think that, you know, people listening to this will, you know, will understand because I've, I've been there. I've been there. Um, so we only have a few minutes left. So I just want to wrap up. Um, so tell me, a, I'm, I'm just, I'm curious yeah. about this. So you work for a, a kombucha yes, company. Yes, I do.
1: Yeah. How,
0: how did you get into that? I, I hope this doesn't sound condescending. No, like I don't no, want to, no, you know, yeah. I've had kombucha like three times in my life. Yep. I was joking around with my wife and my brother-in-law earlier today. And it's like, yeah, like, it kind of tastes like vinegar, but it's yep. good for you. <laughs> um, you know, so I don't know. I'm game. Yeah. How, how did you end up working for a kombucha company?
1: Yeah. So what's funny is, so it's called Camino Kombucha and Camino is Spanish for path or highway. Okay. So we're trying and to- And it's
0: te- technically pronounced kombucha? Yes. Okay. Not, I I feel like I always say kombucha. Kombucha. Uh, <laughs> kombucha i'm
1: pretty sure everyone mispronounces yeah, it in some yeah. way so at this point whatever yeah. um so it's funny my friend nora um she so again very interesting um ethnic profile so she looks white on the census is white mm-hmm. but she's Assyrian, which is a people mm-hmm. group without a country so she's um both of her parents are Assyrian, so she's Assyrian of the um, Iraqi descent. Mm, um, so she presents extremely white. Yeah, yeah, She is it. She speaks another language. She speaks Aramaic. Um. So, and I, I
0: remember her saying yeah. that her. Because I remember when we were talking, you know, she mentioned that either one or b- or both of her parents were immigrants, and then I remember yeah, looking both. at her business yeah. card and looking at her last name. I'm like, I'm like, eh, this doesn't strike me as like Northern European. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, um. So technically med- Middle Eastern. So what's funny about kombucha is it's a very white health drink. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's yeah. extremely white. Yeah. It, I, I learned about it when I worked yes, at Whole Foods. So yeah. Exactly. It's like the most stereotypical white thing. It goes with yoga pants um, <laughs> and every other. <laughs> so what we're trying oh, to genius. do, it's, it's called Camino because it's supposed to be a pathway into kombucha for people who gotcha, don't drink kombucha. Gotcha. So um, spoiler alert, um. People have made like the myth that kombucha is like this really great like health drink that was invented by this guy named GT Dave and he's like the kombucha messiah. In reality, it was stolen from. It's a really really old drink. It's mm-hmm. like thousands of years mm-hmm. old. It's from like BC times. Um, and so it's not even American. Right. It's not yeah. white American. Yeah. So no does, matter that <laughs> does not surprise yeah. me. So no matter what, there, nothing inherently makes it a white health drink Mm -hmm. it's not even that healthy that's a secret awesome Um, Awesome. it's it's fine it's it's great um so we're trying to essentially make it um accessible to anyone Mm -hmm. so that the point of Camino is accessibility um we're trying to sell it at a reasonable price and we're trying to sell it um without like having to be like you don't have to be a health god or goddess in order to drink it um so I got into it because um Previously, I was working in a job where I just felt culturally very uncomfortable, um, very, very uncomfortable. Not a good. Um, it was a lot of, it a lot of hate. Um, I, a lot of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I had to get out of there. And um, when Nora was um, pitching to me how she was doing this kombucha thing, um, and trying to come up essentially rebrand it, make something new. I thought, you know what, this is a place. Um. If anything, it it will get me meeting cool people. And that is all I wanted out yeah, of this yeah. job was just to, I was working in a um, an office environment where people were extremely negative, extremely mm-hmm. prejudiced. And they've been there for years and years and were stuck in their ways. And yeah. I thought, I'm in my 20s. I want to meet nice people. And I know there are good creative minds out yeah. there um and working in macon i've met so many yeah. great people as evidenced by sitting here right now yeah, today. yeah hopefully uh, and i think um i just wanted to reinvigorate my optimism um, mm-hmm. and it really has awesome. so uh, as much as i hope for camino to work even yeah. if it doesn't it i i will end up winning because i know i've just met great people um i'm building a just a new like a just happiness out of life that mm-hmm. I, I needed. I really needed that. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's and yeah, and it's it's super interesting. So yeah, what was the phrase? Would you say like maximizing optimism or, yeah, re- or yeah. reinvigorating mm-hmm. optimism? Yeah. yeah, I I mean, uh, something that I have I'm trying to get back in my life is more optimism. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons that um you know I started this podcast is you know leaning into your strengths. You know, uh, doing something that fuels you. You know, I I'm always sort of trying to get back to. I'm trying to get back to who I was when I was 16. Like when I had dreams of like, this is what it's going to be like to be an adult. Yep. And it's like, it's like, okay, well like now I know the reality, but I feel like the real test is like, so once you know how much the world can suck, can you still be optimistic on top of yes. that? That's the challenge. Yep. Not like, oh yeah, it's, it's cool to be optimistic. It's easy when like everything's going your way and your parents are paying for everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm, I'm trying to get back in, into that. Um, Yeah. And yeah. And um, you know, the, the, my main thing is um I've heard just tons of people say this where they're just like, yo, like do what makes you happy. And like there's this one guy that I listen to, he, you know, he has a podcast. Um, he does a lot of like social media stuff. But his whole thing is is like some people are happy being construction workers. Some people are happy being lawyers who work ninety hours a week, yeah. some people are happy working forty hours a week and making forty thousand dollars a year, like Yo, like what, whatever, whatever makes like that's the that's the most important thing. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm that's yeah that's that's super cool to hear. Um, all right, so just got a couple questions to to wrap up. So um, yeah, so this is something that I'm I'm wondering to kind of circle back to what mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. So you know, so you don't know if if you like feel worthy of like mm. the black title. Yeah, do you, like do you want that? T- like, like, do you, yes. do you want to be quote unquote black? You know, and yeah. any people can interpret that any way they want.
1: So what's really weird is, um, a recent thing I've gotten into, which is kind of, um, maybe provided me some sort of weird comfort is, um, sometimes I feel like I'm too nerdy or too like awkward to be black. And I think maybe it's because I have this perception. Um, maybe it goes way back to when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was in Germany, I, I told you um, black people were cool mm-hmm. and they're celebrities, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm just awkward mm-hmm. and weird, and that just shows a, a fundamental disconnect mm-hmm. on ignorance on mm-hmm. my part that I just don't know. Um, so I've been um, – I, I would love to um, – if and this is just – Stupid, because I've never been told that. No, you can't be in black club. Like it's right. not yeah. a thing, and no one's ever told me this. And I yeah. think it's a stupid perception that I've set up for myself. Um, and I, yeah, it, it, I think it's weird because my own ignorance is making me feel this way. So it, it's no one specifically told me this, and I think it's just the stupid stereotypes I set up for myself. It's, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and and the 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 perceptions aren't coming out of a vacuum because yes. yeah. there is this underlying thing of like the, the black cool is a thing yeah. that a lot of people even a lot of black people have really bought into and 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 particularly when people use the phrase nerd There, there is an implication of whiteness in that, like, like, like the default perception is like, oh, like, yeah, chess and Mm
1: -hmm. you know, science
0: and and like, Bill Gates is a nerd,
1: exactly, you know,
0: um, but, but it's like, yeah, I. Yes, or like jimmy fallon's a nerd because he's so goofy and bubbly but mm-hmm. it's like well Questlove is a nerd because yeah. he knows so much about yeah. all this music like freaking kanye west is a nerd like yes. you know uh, i was <laughs> i uh, i remember seeing aziz ansari doing a stand-up special like i saw him you know i saw him doing stand-up and and he was like kanye is the prototype of a nerd it's like he wears like big gl- old lady glasses and pink sweaters and wraps like he has freaking teddy bears on his album covers and he raps about like robots and like all this weird shit. It's like, he's a fucking nerd. Like, yeah, like he's cool, I guess. Like, I mean, I don't, I mean, like his, most of his music is, is freaking awesome. But like, he is one of the weirdest dudes ever, ever. Yeah. And, and something that I've learned is that just for me, there were people that, you know, like when I got to college and being in Philly, like, you know, and Seeing like a wide swath of black people, there were so many people. I'm like, oh man, that dude is so cool. And then I talk to him, it's like,
2: mm,
0: <laughs> he's actually not. Like, yeah. But my perception is, whoa, you have dreadlocks, you're this whoa. wise sage. Or yep. it's like, mm, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe, probably not. Um, but yeah, I, I, and yeah, yeah and and uh, you know, um, you know, y- you think what you think about yourself, and you have your perceptions. I mean, and I have my own self consciousness yeah. that I'm battling through. But like, you know, I, I think that when if you forget I don't know if you know you need to forgive yourself but you know I think that taking empowering language mm-hmm. for yourself and just sort yeah. of being like okay I mean this is kind of what I was socialized in um you know like that's you know that that's the perception I had of myself you know maybe it's not rooted in yeah. reality uh, yeah I think that that is a yeah that's a that's a good way to go but yeah don't be too mm. hard on yourself you know many of us have gone through this and um, yeah, I mean, and the, I mean, the whole perception thing is just like this weird thing. I mean, and I, I would honestly say, I mean, so like, for instance, my wife, who you've seen my wife, she's clearly a black woman, you know, she's, she has relatively dark complexion for it for a black American. She grew up in Harlem, and then a all black section of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like I always say to people, whether you think what I'm saying is offensive, or, you know, or okay, but like, sort of just by life by stereotypical tropes by experiences by food choices and culture and like fashion and intellectual acumen and like cultural aesthetic my wife is the blankest person in the world and there's only one person in this house that loves game of thrones and it ain't me <laughs> it ain't I, I don't like game of thrones there's only one person in this house that loves the freaking hobbit and lord of the rings yeah and it ain't me and my wife watches Portlandia as much as I do. And she watches Documentary Now as much as I do. And yeah, she likes Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole and Biggie and Rhapsody and, you know, Amanda Seals and Toni Morrison. Like she's, yeah, and she likes Game of Thrones too. Yeah, I, I know more black people that like Game of Thrones than white people. Like yeah. tons of black people yes. love Game of Thrones.
1: Yes, Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so for whatever that's worth. You know, that's that's my soapbox.
1: Yeah, and I think there's also... One thing that I'm optimistic about is just... Um, there's way more representation. Way more, mm-hmm. like... I mean, it's ridiculous how much Black Panther did. Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> and we go back and back to that, but um, Black Panther did so much, or even um, a thing that I've gotten into recently, and um, so I'm really into anime, mm-hmm. and um, there is a... Um, company, but they also do they do manga and they do um, like clothing wear and stuff. They're called Adorned by Chi, mm. and they um they do like magical girl like in the Sailor Moon style, mm-hmm. but for black girls.
2: Mm-hmm. Awesome!
1: I love it. Awesome! And I think it takes that. It's it's Afrofuturist, mm-hmm. and I mean that is something it's been around for this since mm-hmm. the sixties, mm-hmm. way longer. Mm-hmm. Um, for like we're going on like n- like fifty years. Yeah. Um. Of just like really excellent afrofuturism mm-hmm. and I think that is a weird way where I find my way mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of where that's I think why the nerd keeps on sticking sure, around sure. a little bit yeah. where I'm like you know what um I, I love Star Trek mm-hmm. where it's like me you too know what? me too where I'm like that's cool or like yeah like I I would love I think that's kind of my weird idealized way where I'm like okay it's okay like um it, it's not monolithic um, absolutely and I think just the fact that we're giving a future, like mm-hmm. that's a, that's a great thing. We're giving a future. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And 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 I know for me, like, um, I think that you know, when when a thing seems distant and removed from you, yeah, sometimes the impulse is to like, oh, I'm gonna go into like the farthest reaches, mm-hmm. you know, and like like that's a thing that like I used to try to do, you know, you know where it's like. I'm going to read Richard Wright. I'm going to read Intezaki Shange, you know, like I'm I'm going to yeah. read the speeches of Stokely Carmichael, um and, you know, know everything about the the history of Zimbabwe. And it's like, well, that might be too much of yeah. a leap. And you also like um, you know, I've read a few Toni Morrison novels. She's an amazing writer. It doesn't necessarily appeal to me. I've tried to read um I tried to read Invisible Man three different yeah. times it's didn't hard. work for me. I've it's tried to read hard. Native Son and, and Black Boy. Doesn't work yeah. for me. Um and so sometimes like, you know, you you need the entry point of like, yeah. oh, like this is actually like a little more of my speed. And then I can maybe sort of like scaffold into like this next thing yeah. and this next thing. And as you get deeper into those things, it's like, you know, you actually might not might not even like that stuff at all. Like, you know, I mean trying to read uh, you know, a book by like or a play by I don't know like uh, Pearl Cleage or August Wilson mm-hmm. might not be your thing. I mean, but maybe since you're like you know you're you're so into uh, manga, did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, and Afrofuturism and science fiction, like maybe Octavia Butler is yes. the thing for you, oh, or yeah, Samuel yeah. Delaney. Yep. Um, you know, like like that might be it. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be reading a you know a dissertation on Shokwe Lamumba and the Republic of New Africa. Yep. Like that might not be your thing. Um, And, and, you know, just the, you know, something else is that, you know, so many, there, again, there are so many just black artists specifically who have never particularly found themselves cool, but like, Mm -hmm. like Questlove from The Roots, he's, I I always assume like, oh, he's this cool dude with an afro and he's in a rap group, but like, I read his book, he's a fucking nerd who likes the Bee Gees and the average white band and, I mean, and he loved, you know, um, you know, uh, Eric B and Rakim and Prince and Michael yeah. Jackson and Sheila E and, you know, but like he loved Frank Zappa and he and he could, it's like so, you know, Issa Rae is, is the same way. Like, you know, yeah. I've read, you know, um, a, a bit of her stuff. I've read a little bit of um, Phoebe Robinson from Two Dope Queens. Like I've read a yeah. little bit of her oh, book. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but, you oh know, gosh. I mean, Issa called her show Insecure for a yep. reason. She, you know, she, the web series, it's she's an awkward black girl because she's awkward, yeah. you know, and. You know, um uh was it Jessica Williams from Two Dope Queens? Yeah, like there's yes. eh, yeah. you know, yeah, the the whole cool thing, I think it's I think it's played out and
1: And it's also great like um I mean just um for instance, like when I saw dear white people mm, and mm-hmm. I saw a mixed girl who's unapologetically black, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, this is cool. I yeah. guess I can do this too. And yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh, this is cool, this is nice. Okay. Yeah. I can <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um All right, yeah. For that, yeah, that was that. I I appreciate your honesty and being willing to go there, uh, in this conversation. So to wrap up, um, if what are like the top three reasons that you, you know, if if you were trying to convert someone. to getting down with Andy Warhol's work, Ooh. what, what, like, what are three reasons you'd be like, yo, you, you gotta, you gotta get down with some Warhol?
1: Ooh, okay. Um, first off, because it is a complete parody of everything, um, it, just commercialism. Okay. I think, uh, it is, it, it is, um, very self-deprecating, or, in the sense that it's like, well, these are things already designed by someone else. Mm-hmm and um a very american thing is ripping off other people's work Mm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. andy warhol says you know what americans rip off other people's work i'm going to do it in a very overt way sure sure and i think um again uh this should relate to minorities mm-hmm. <laughs> The answer it's like oh well look at that this was ripped off and mm-hmm. it was sold and it was mass distributed and people like it now that it's coming from andy warhol mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he does that intentionally so yeah. i think that's a number one reason it's um uh number two um andy warhol the person and the people he hung out with um what I think is interesting, he lived in a, like, big brother style. Like, he did, like, keeping up with the Kardashians. like Gotcha. Okay. Um, sort of thing before we even had reality mm-hmm. TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is, he knew the power of fame and mm-hmm. the power of, I mean, he created um, uh, just the idea that you're famous for a short amount of time. You get mm-hmm. your uh, 15 seconds. Um, so the fact that he was able to leverage that um, – Really early on. Yeah. I think that's it. So that's number two. And then number three, I would say um, he has a very interesting lifestyle. Um, The fact that he could, like, barely see and the mm. fact um, that he came from a very average family. Mm-hmm. Um, he came from an immigrant family mm. mm-hmm. um, and he still was able to walk around and do his thing um very assertively and just be eccentric and live his life and um he had escapades and parties and um very unashamed he just lived life and had a fun time um in a more conservative time and also um at being a relative nobody from no rich background um i think that's cool too so interesting Very very cool very cool
0: Um, what are three things? So in your mind, when, you, you know, uh, when you're able to claim the mantle of blackness mm. and have it be authentic for yeah. you and there's peace and reconciliation and harmony within your soul, mm. um... What are three things that you think might be different about your life?
1: Oh, as opposed to how it is now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, one thing is being unapologetic. So mm-hmm. I apologize like more. Like at this point, it's like I bump into a chair, apologize to it. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like anytime I talk about. Um, race and things like that I'm like well let me give you my 18 caveats to why mm-hmm. I'm not qualified mm-hmm. and I mean um, I'm I feel like it would be nice um, I would like to be able to acknowledge okay I have lived experience I don't have your lived experience but no one has your lived experience it's yours um, so I think being able to say okay this is who I am and period I think that would be one thing um, a second thing is um, being able to um, fully appreciate things. And this kind of goes back into the first thing, but um, to be able to say, okay, this is what I like um, and not have to be embarrassed for... Because I think right now a lot of it where it's like, well, if I like this too much, am I appropriating? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, to... I think that would be another thing where I'm like, okay, like I can enjoy that. And then at the same time, hold that true with other identities. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Cause I always feel like where I'm like, am I too black? Am I too white? Am I too German? Am I too American? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, and then I think the third thing is, um, just acknowledging like, just a future in that sense where right now a lot of it is very much where it's like, Oh, um, and you've talked about this before. You say like blackness is a lot defined by the struggle, mm-hmm. like the struggle of being black as opposed to the future of being black. Mm. Um, so I feel like it would be, and that's one thing where I really hope our generation mm-hmm. <laughs> figures yeah. this out way yeah. better than um, our parents.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: and, uh, because I think now we're like, well, I'm black because racism, example A, racism, mm-hmm. example B, mm-hmm. and racism, mm-hmm. example C. Where I'm like, well, I don't want to have to like, hey, let's talk about our racism stories together. Right, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, having to not identify as black because of racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Powerful, powerful. Yeah, I, I really – I. Uh, yeah, you. Yeah, the way you articulated it, uh, you know, just really about like, you know, being, f- you know, f- forward thinking and future yep. thinking and like, oh, yeah, you know, you know, because I'm black, we're going to achieve this. And we're going to yep. do this and this is the future. Yeah, which is how I, I think I subconsciously operate, but I've, yeah. I've never articulated that. Like, I've never had the mental vocabulary to, like, think, like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I That's really profound. I appreciate that. I appreciate oh, you
1: that. You led me to that thought pattern. <laughs> you know, I
0: mean, this is... You know, we're, we're, we're in tandem. I love yeah. it. Um, and so, the, the, so I want to thank you for being here. I appreciate you. I appreciate the honesty and the candor and the enthusiasm that you've brought to this conversation. Uh, final thing if there is any just sort of nugget of wisdom mm. that you want to impart to any uh, young people that might be listening, you know, particularly young people of African descent mm. from the African diaspora, uh, what what would that be?
1: Um, I'm a big fan of um, just do your thing and like blinders on... Screw everyone else. And I think that's the beauty of punk, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, you know what? Screw everyone else. Do your Mm -hmm. thing. Um, Of course, that is not the deepest wisdom. But again, it's coming from a younger person. (laughs) So I say, um, you know what? Um, People say, like, follow your heart. Um, Matter of fact, just you you don't even have to do that. Just do whatever you feel like doing. (laughs) Um, I think um, be peaceful with people. um, But definitely don't let people back you down.
0: Awesome. Tatiana, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely.